I don't know. Something he has. I'm super interested in kind of seeing a dramatization movie that they made. I would assume Hollywood. Buster. Yep. Ooh, other way. <laughs> there. You like a country I think Western. they even remade it in like more too. I don't know how accurate it is to his life. He was committing crimes because even as he was very old, like that con men do, because like there's no victims. It's yeah. any through. Like, well, like what, what are you gonna get? Boy did on Twitch. <laughs> but uh, I'm glad we started out with that one. <laughs> she was sentenced to life in prison after kidnapping a millionaire for show notes. Is it show. gonna be streaming everywhere? Don't murder me, please don't murder me. <laughs> <laughs> another week of bras and murder. Ooh, my chair just dropped for no reason. <laughs> I thought I was going down. <laughs> Just keeping yeah, you on no. your toes. Yeah, you know, gotta <laughs> keep me on my toes. Well, welcome to Brothers of Murder, where we give you true crime cases of color. I'm remembering the intro this time. We give you music too. We're hitting with it. You know, we're, we're, we're with it. And this episode's all about con artists and how far a con will go. We are down one battle, but we're still trucking along. We should uh, uh, bring in Lila as a guest. <gasps> yes. <laughs> She's a She's character. She's my favorite like, baby. Robert, you her. missed it. At the, at the festival, baby. she was on one. She yeah. said, I, I'm the star of this show. <laughs> she has so much attitude and such a tiny little body. So much star potential. <laughs> She's the main character. We're living in her world, honestly. Yes. Well, what is a con artist? A kind artist is a person that tricks or cheats people into persuading them to believe something that isn't true. In these cases, we're going to present you, you know, your your, your mileage may vary as a kind artist. You may become an infamous person who gets a statue decorated in their honor in a movie, or you may go to prison with your son. So, <laughs> yeah, no, mileage may vary. So Kelly and Robert, why don't you start us off with your kind artist case? We decided to cover a man named Mr. Natoire Lal. He was considered the most prolific con man in Indian history. And crimes spanned decades to the point that no one knows when he actually died, whether or not it was in 1996 or 2009. And that's a pretty big gap, like, to not be sure if someone's alive <laughs> for, like, over, what, seven years? No, it's, um, um 14. 14, 14. I, I can math. Uh, <laughs> but Maybe, so I don't know. Something he like has this like persona that's attached to him being, you know, Mr. Natwala. Like he is known throughout India and like his name is now kind of associated with being able to like scam people and get away from the cops. So um, he's that like, bitch. He's he is that bitch. Uh, like some people compare compare his name to like Houdini. And how Houdini is used in the West. But you're like, you're a real Houdini. In India. Yeah. <laughs> you're a real Mr. Natoire Law. Yeah. <laughs> I like that well, brother Houdini. What's kind of funny about his name and that nickname is that is not his name at all. He was involved with one job where a guy was actually named Natoire Law and they got caught and they just, for whatever reason, incorrectly attributed that man's name to him and he's like okay well that I'm just rolling with it and that was like his career Stuck forever. moniker yeah <laughs> and 
are super interested in kind of seeing a dramatized version of his life. There's an action movie that they made, I would assume, Hollywood in 1979 called Mr. Notoire Lal, and it was considered like a huge blockbuster. Yep. Ooh, other way. <laughs> there you go. I mean, the, the, the tra- it looks rad, though. Mm-hmm. Like a country I think they western. even remade it in like more, they remade a newer one, too. I don't know how accurate it is to his life, obviously. Probably. I mean, as much information as there was on him, and how much he like lied about stuff. Yeah. True. But, uh, but kind of as we mentioned, his name is not actually Natwalo. He was born uh, Mithlesh Kumar Sarvastava, and he was born in 1912. So kind of thinking of the timeline we're looking at from 1912 to potentially the 2000s, he was committing crimes. Because even as he was very old, he was still like committing crimes and scams and breaking out of prison. Mm. Material uh, girl. Yeah, he was about it. It was his entire life. So his thieving began when he was pretty young. It doesn't say exact, but it started when he he had a neighbor ask him to deposit checks at the bank for him. And this is how he discovered that he could eat signatures. And he ended up stealing a thousand rupees from his neighbor's bank account. It's it's very much like a, a superhero, supervillain moment of he just found out like, oh, I can just do this. I can say- just Pretend to be you, sure. He sounds like an anti-hero. <laughs> yeah, he just found out he's good at forging signatures. <laughs> <laughs> so his criminal history officially began when he was caught stealing, or when he was first on the police radar, essentially, uh, when he was caught stealing nine tons of iron uh, with forged documents. So there were, he went to like a shipyard, basically, and he had a bunch of forged paperwork that just said, yep, all of that metal it belongs to me now and i am gonna sell it <laughs> so it's not like he like just threw it on his back in a big sack and like ran just dragged away. it off yeah well, he's a no, strong he, like, he, like, showed up to a shipping area and he's a like, little oh, that's mine little black mask around his own <laughs> yeah. what is it like, a, like a hamburglar <laughs> oh. <laughs> <laughs> our reference is really different <laughs> so, so you know well, Different journeys, same the, destination. <laughs> Those are the kind of crimes that I like that con men do. Because, like, there's no victims. It's yeah. just like, oh, yeah, you stole a bunch of iron from some company. Whatever. I don't really care about that. So he also, in that same kind of time period, when he was at the very start of his career, figuring out what he was going to be doing. His he also criminal had, niche, if you will. <laughs> yeah. He also had a stint where Cornering he... The market would drug <laughs> sex workers and then rob them. Which Not so cash money. While we were going through the Not crimes yet, that he had committed, like that. this is definitely the most violent crime. And it sucks because so much about his character and stuff, when you're reading about it, you're like, oh, this is kind of fun and interesting. And then you're like, oh, yeah, but when you were younger, you like took advantage of like a very marginalized group. Yeah, who already yeah. kind of probably don't have a, a lot of money to, <laughs> to begin with. No, I couldn't find any information on anyone being actual hurt or murdered or anything like that it seems to be just they were drugged he robbed them and ran away he did however determine that that was too dangerous because you have you know enforcers and all these people that are associated with sex work he pulled a cardi b if you might say (laughs) oh yeah kind of a reverse cardi b yes (laughs) genders Um, but yeah so that was um, kind of his 
last brush to find the crime. But he did eventually go using forgery to steal from like large banks and businesses. He would pose as a wealthy businessman himself. And then he lived pretty lavishly off of his gains and supposedly redistributed some of the wealth back to the people in the village where he grew up. So to this day, he is loved by them and seen as Robin Hood. I saw an interview where they were talking to one of the people from his lifetime in his neighborhood. He's like, yeah, one time he just rolled up in a car and he brought in a bunch of chefs and he just like put on a little festival. Basically, he's like he had money to all of the poor people in town and he threw a big party that everyone was invited to. And so they love him. They're like, yeah, this dude is super cool. He's from our hometown. He doesn't hurt anybody except for the sex workers. Um, that's something that just kind of keeps getting left out of the story. Yeah. Like, talk to people, but so, so they, yeah, they put up a statue to him because they're like, yeah, Natwala, he's like the Robin Hood or the Houdini, and he's from our hometown. Uh, so that it's kind of weird to see that, you know, compared to other con men that we've covered, where they're like their family and their hometown are so embarrassed and they hate this person because they're like they're evil and they just rob and steal and murder. These people are, are pretty down with Twala and they have a statue to him in his hometown. Not many criminals get a statue. <laughs> Over the almost 50 years he was active, he scammed thousands of thousands of rupees. So like, and it's also called like, they're called like lax. So like L-A-K-H, but that's like a hundred thousand rupees. I think they said like one, one scam was like five lakhs, which is like 500,000 rupees i don't really version is on that but that seems like a lot of money i don't know yeah <laughs> um <laughs> like because it looks like his scams went into like over his lifetime into the millions of rupees. and he even sold the taj mahal not once but three times to wealthy foreigners <laughs> he said he saw <laughs> like go how, like how do you how does that work? I don't Bitch know. did it thrice. <laughs> he saw himself as taking back from the capitalists. Or, yeah. And no one knows for sure the full extent of his history because he was one of those people that, like, told all of these tales. So he's obfuscated the, a lot of the truth. I mean, the fact that people don't even know when he actually fucking died. Like, it's just wild. Yeah, he, there was a couple of, like, Indian national treasures or, like, buildings that he sold to foreign people. Um, like, the state building he tried to sell, or successfully sold. And if you ever have a man just come up to him and be like, yeah, hey, I own the Taj Mahal and I'll sell it to you, and the Indian government's not involved in any way, it's a scam. Obviously, it's a scam. It's a question uh, things. Well, yeah. the, the crazy thing real quick that... Like, like you said, like I, th- those seem owned by the government. Because, like, while I was researching this, like, he sold the Taj Mahal. There's a guy in Paris who sold the fucking war. Like, who? How are people buying these national monuments? <laughs> how do you have that much money? And you're that stupid. But how, how do you have the balls to sell the Eiffel Tower? <laughs> they don't call it confidence man for nothing. But so we kind of talked about how he is very famous throughout India. He has his movie and his hometown loves him and all that stuff. But so him being so famous, you would think, well, that's going to make it really hard to commit crime. But in Natwala's case, uh, it actually made it very easy because people started claiming to be him. 
So you just had this like sea of criminals who are all like, no, I'm the real Natwala. So he could kind of just like disappear into the sea of people. Like everyone was trying to like claim this name. And then suddenly, you know, you're kind of anonymous with how famous that you've become. Imagine people trying to take credit for your control for them. That's yeah, you're like, oh, you, sure, yeah. Oh, crazy. You get picked yeah. up and you say, I'm, you're me. You can, you can be Dirty Dan, it's fine. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but he also, like, not only was he, like, I guess, adept scam artist, and yes, at the same time, because he did get uh, thrown in prison a lot, but also escaped a lot. So once he was able to bribe a jailer to sneak him a security uniform with the promise of hundreds of thousands of rupees, only for the, um, after, after everything was said and done and Natorlo had escaped, Natorlo had gotten a suitcase of money and given it to the guy. But after he left, the jailer opened up the suitcase and only the top, the very top, like, had bills in it and everything mm. else paper. <laughs> Got his ass. <laughs> yeah. Put five bucks on top, newspaper, yeah. the rest. Like, well, like so, what are you going to get? Soldier Boy did on Twitch. Going to the police about it? Sure. It was like when Soldier Boy got caught on oh, Twitch yeah. for having a stack of money, and it was like, bro, we can see that's paper. <laughs> oh. <laughs> are those ones? Oh. <laughs> Going to the strip club? Yeah. So, like other con men, obviously he relied on like corruption and the greed of the people around him for any of this to work. Like, you have to be able to like identify the person who's like greedy and stupid enough to think they can buy the Taj Mahal. And even he did the same thing when it came to, you know, escaping prison, determining who he's going to scam. As long as there's someone who's stupid or greedy enough, you can get away with it. Like, some of these things sound really silly, like, oh yeah, he stole the Taj Mahal, or he stole nine tons of iron with paper. He just walked up with the right paperwork. It's greed at the end of the day. Yeah, it's just like taking advantage of people's greed. Uh, and he has a quote, I don't actually have it, where he talks about, like, as long as there's a dirty cop, I'll never stay in prison. Because he can just, you can just bribe them. And they're just people. And I wonder how true that it is like, everywhere. Everywhere. <laughs> Everywhere. So, like, is we, we still don't know if he's dead or not, right? No, at this point, we he's know he's dead, dead at this point. Okay. He I was think born he in 1912. Yeah, but he has to be dead. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So, wait, um, what, was, what was the movie called about? Mr. Natarwal. Oh, that's just that. Okay, that's just the title. Okay, I thought that was just like yeah, just, starring just Mr. Natarwal. His nope. fake name. Fake name. It's also a musical because it's a Bollywood film. I haven't heard any of the music, but... That's why I love Bollywood. Yeah, I danced to it. After one of his major thefts, he was sentenced to 112 years in prison, but only ended up serving about 20 years of it because of how often he was able to escape. At one point, he even (laughs) escaped... Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. I don't know, but also we don't know how different their prisons are from ours. Yeah. Do they get good behavior? I don't know. At one point, he even escaped in 1996 at the age of 84, to which he was never publicly seen again. They even said, I think at that point, he was like in a wheelchair and he was still able to escape, which like, go figure. It's it's hard not to like want to root for this guy. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Well, like, there's also like... 
that's another one of those things where like who knows how true that is like but cause it, makes the story, yeah. it definitely makes the story better but like there's so many different stories surrounding him but um yeah his brother claimed around that time that he had died and that the family had cremated him how convenient <laughs> <laughs> sorry no body we burned him yep. yeah no, nothing left but in 2009, he had a Who's lawyer there in a going... wheelchair? Nobody. Yeah. <laughs> it's, just a, it. it's just an urn in a wheelchair. <laughs> <laughs> like a blanket over top of it. Yeah, exactly. But in 2009, his lawyer was going through, like, his estates and all of his, like, stuff and had said that he had only actually died that year. So he could have died in 1996 or he could have died in 2009. We don't know for sure. Who knows, maybe the family was running a scam in 2009, like, in his honor. Like, he'd already been dead, and they're like, well, let's just One say last he con. died now. Yeah. Split up his estate, or... Um, yeah, I, I love the image of this, like, magical con man who, at 84, just was wheeling out of a, a prison. Hmm. Y'all never catch me! Yeah. <laughs> And, like, one other really cool thing about this case is all the people that are, like, interviewing, like, the people who knew him when he was a child and, like, his hometown, those people, there's no, like, worshipping his intellect and being like, he was a genius, he was a mastermind who could trick anyone to do anything. They're just like, yeah, he had an average intellect in school. He's kind of just, like, a dude. Um, <laughs> He's that's something that's Yeah, it's just, like, so silly that we, like, attach to con men that, like, you must be brilliant to be able to do all of this shit. It's like, no, you have to be charismatic and confident. Yeah, exactly. They're not geniuses. They're not, you know, magic. They're just average people who, like, for whatever reason, have no moral compass. (laughs) They're on their bullshit. Well, and I think that's part of it, right? So, like, it's just that these people are confident and, like, they're ballsy to do the things that are not polite in society coupled with the fact that cops are bad at their jobs (laughs) 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 and so many people can just be bought Mm -hmm. yeah a couple rupees man i'll get you going again greed will get your ass at the end of the day yeah Yeah, like if you're making a million rupees on a deal just cut off a couple hundred thousand for the cop that catches you, and suddenly you get to keep 700,000 rupees. <laughs> that's still a lot of rupees. <laughs> for no work. And also, you know what? I, I've lost what I was going to say. <laughs> <Never mind>. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, it also, it really makes me upset that early in his career, he did actually hurt people, you know, yeah, drugging sex workers and robbing them. That, like, there's there's no defense of that. That is truly a horrible crime. But there's other stuff where he's just, like, robbing companies of, like, iron and shit. Especially in 1912. Like, that was, if we're being real, it's probably connected to the British crown. Rob the British crown. Do it. That's true. Yeah. Steal it back. But, yeah, that is the case of Mr. Nutwallall. That was a solid one. <laughs> Again, he, he sounds like a Batman villain. Turns. Yeah, it it feels like early Batman villain. Yeah, like Adam West shit. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> but uh, I'm glad we started out with that one because mine is not jovial. <laughs> um, yeah, this one was taking fun. a hard left turn. Hard, yeah, we're taking a hard turn, but at the center of it, greed still is coming through. And now a short commercial break. 
Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target, are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill. Now, my case is about Willa Blank, who was a the definition of a predator. She was cutting, she was ruthless, and she really didn't give a shit. And then when she targeted her prey, who was just an isolated old man, she decided to bleed him dry, burn his body, and then go on a shopping spree. Wow. Yeah. So now this kind of picks up around the death of you of Mr. What was his name? Nart. Natwarlal. Mr. Natwarlal. So now in 09, 48 year old Willa Blanc, aka the Corvette girl. She was sentenced to life in prison after kidnapping a millionaire, burning his body, and raiding his bank account. How does one kidnap a millionaire? I'm... Yeah, yeah you, you find a man... Yeah, do I need to, like, buckle in for this one? <laughs> yeah, you gotta yeah, <laughs> buckle in. I mean, it also involves the internet, too, when the internet comes through. Mm-hmm. Internet friendships are important in this story. Oh, I, I would have no idea. Don't murder <laughs> me. Please don't murder me. <laughs> So now, a 73-year-old Walter Satori was a retired and accomplished scientist who also was suffering from paranoid schizophrenia. So his disorder made it hard for him to trust people, so he would self-isolate himself, causing him to have no real friends or family in his life. However, he did have an internet family who were the first people to raise the red flag when he went missing. So his mental illness heavily influenced his life and he was constantly afraid and in fear of people. He believed that among other things that the CIA was spying on him. He also reportedly spent a lot of time in his home just playing with computers and playing with the stocks, which garnered him a huge fortune of $19 million. He was also- Sounds like he would be right at home in our communities. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Because he was caught, like, people, his friends online said that he was like a genius who was great at computers and great at playing the stocks. And that's how he made $19 million just playing the stocks. He spent all his time inside just fucking around. I mean, good for you. Like, that's that's a lot of money to just sit on. Uh, He spent a lot of his time, too, on on internet forums for people who also suffer from the sexual illness. And that's where he found, like, his core group of friends and family. Uh, despite his anxieties, he did form several close bonds with people on the internet and would actually go out and visit them sometimes. Uh, one woman in particular, her, her her and her husband, they became very close. He would spend a lot of time like flying out to go see them and just like being buddies with people who had the same issues that he's had. Uh, he started to make a conscious effort into being more social in his later years. And that's when... Bella came into his life and took advantage of that. So now Ann Carter is the internet friend who contacted the police in February of 09 after she wasn't like getting any feedback from him. She would call him and call him. No one would answer. She would email him. Nothing. No messages. He was just gone. He forwarded any like emails he got to this woman named Willa. 
So that was suspicious to her too, of why emails are getting forwarded to this other woman. And she also brought up in her details that earlier before like the whole no answer thing, he was talking about a woman who would barge into his house and just like kind of take over. Like she said that he was a friend at first, but she would constantly come over and just kind of like make him do shit or like make herself welcome and make herself at home in his living spaces. And he would never kind of describe how he met her or what their relationship was. Just one day, he's like, oh, I made a friend and now she's coming over constantly. Weird. Maybe she's like one of those people <laughs> who just like that, that, well, it's kind of the same thing as the other guy where it's like that, just that little bit of over the edge of like manipulating someone's socializing so that they feel that they need to be polite and can't yeah, say yeah, no yeah. to you. But just enough where it's not like, oh, you know, get the fuck out. Yeah, oh, it broke yeah. my leg. Could you help me get to my car? Yeah, and, 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 and her guys yeah. was like she was helping him, mm-hmm. but it's like she was clearly just overstepping just to like see how far she can go with this, and she went pretty far. But uh, by the time police got involved, it was too late, and detectives had to kind of piece together what exactly happened when they found out like what happened. So the the woman involved was Willa, and she noticed this elderly wealthy man living alone in his house. And she befriended him to help him around the house. She said she was a cleaner and she would go over there frequently without him asking and clean up his house. And this happened over the course of like several weeks. As their relationship kind of grew, she coerced him to come over to her home where her and her 28-year-old son, Louis, forced him into their cellar and they tied him up. There, he was bound and gagged and unable to get his medication that he needed and and his medication prevented him from having like panic attacks too. So these last couple of days for him were hell because he was tied up bound and just like very paranoid and freaking out. He only survived for a few days, but eventually he became disturbed and suffocated down in the cellar. They didn't say how he suffocated, but I'm assuming because he was gagged too, he probably just couldn't get enough airflow. And if you're having a bunch of panic attacks, you're you know, you're you're breathing irregularly. It's kind of easy. Then there to... might have been like gas or something down there, carbon monoxide that they didn't know about. Yeah, or he just wasn't getting enough oxygen flow. Like you're stuck in a cellar, so yeah. he suffocated and died. And uh, the the motive the motive of it seems to be just plain greed. Because after his death, Willa and her son they put his body into a 50 gallon plastic trash can, and then they burned it out in their yard. And when people ask why they're burning something or what that smell is, they said that, oh, our dog died and we're burning a dead dog. Because that makes sense. Because people do that when their pets die, right? <laughs> and also, that's, like, super illegal. You can't just burn plastic in your yard. No. Or, yeah, because yeah, cause, yeah, it's deadly. You can't breathe in plastic. <laughs> yeah. Well, like, the most conspicuous way to get rid of a body. Yeah. It's the, yeah. It's, you're... You're you a, 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 a literal signal fire. So now a full day after his death, Willow forged documents to transfer $210,000 from his bank account to hers to go on a small shopping spree. It's reported a that she put a smidge. <laughs> uh, it's reported that she put most of that money down for a red Chevrolet. I mean, re- yeah, red Chevrolet. And then a Corvette. You mean Corvette? Yeah, it's a man Corvette. Sorry, I'll redo that. It's, it's just a, it's making model. Yeah, <laughs> she put down 
I'm not a car person. <laughs> it's reported that she put okay. down most of that money on a red Corvette, and that's why she was the correct girl. And uh, she told the dealer that soon she'll have over seven million dollars to spend. Don't know why you're bragging about how much money you're about to get to a random car dealer. They don't give a shit. They buy the car and leave. <laughs> Let why me make myself as suspicious as possible. Yeah. Like, why, why just brag about, oh, I'm going to be getting $7 million soon, so you'll see me again. I'm going to buy Sign here, red please. Corvette. <laughs> <laughs> so, I mean, after all this, it wasn't hard for police to put together the pieces of what happened. Uh, once Willa and Lewis, because, like, his friends knew that there was a woman already involved in his life that was suspicious. So, they kind of just told the police, hey, check out this random woman named Willa he's friends with. So, it wasn't hard for them to find them. Once they got Willa and Lewis arrested, they both immediately pled guilty to all their crimes not to receive a death penalty because the evidence was like clear as day. And during the trial, it was noted that Willa showed no signs of remorse and told the events in a way to make herself look as good as possible. She made herself seem like, oh, I just found this old dude and I was just trying to help him clean out his house. And, you know, I did kidnap him, but he just he just died. I didn't mean for him to die in my house. He just he just himself. Yeah. <laughs> he put himself in the basement. He wanted to be there. He was having panic yeah, attacks when I had to tie him up. So now, I mean, Willa is a woman who also has a history of gambling problems, and her friend said that she has an addiction to money. So she kind of embodies like a predator. She just she saw her prey, a lonely old dude, and stuck her claws into him. And the only reason why anyone knew what was up was because he had uh, family and friends on internet who looked out for him. Which is beautiful. That's, that's the connection that we have. <laughs> your internet friends may help solve your murder. Yeah, guys, if I ever go missing, or please, please save me. <laughs> we got you. Call my mom. <laughs> I mean, it's also really nice to hear uh, like an internet friend story that doesn't end with the internet friend killed you or like murdered you. Or... Yeah, no, this person was like, "Hey, you're you're out of your daily routine, your normal routine. I'm calling the cops," which is good because <laughs> like if it, if this would have went on any longer, she might have been able to get away with it. Like if no one, because he was like a recluse, so no one in like real life was coming to look for him. So it could have been a while before anyone really knew what was up. But yeah. That was my case. Not as jovial as the, yes, <laughs> the yeah. movie con man, but greed is greed. It's greed. So yeah. And in this episode, we discuss con artists, their predatory methods and their victims, and how far a con will go. You might become a movie star <laughs> who lives in, who lives in infamy, like a, like a crazy Batman villain, or. You might be a material girl who winds up in jail with her son because you preyed on a man with a mental illness. Different motives. Yeah, different motives. But at the end of the day, greed will get your ass, (laughs) be it in death or in prison. (laughs) Yeah. So uh, do you have anything to plug, Robert? Your album? Yes. Please go listen to the album. It's actually officially named now. It's going to be released October 15th. I don't know when this is going to be released. Next yeah, no, that the week of October fifteenth. Okay, we're Perfect. if unless something goes horribly wrong with our mixing engineer, <laughs> it should be released October fifteenth. Uh, it is called The Projectionist by Ooh. Freddie Versus. Please, please, please stream it. It is spooky season. We are in yes. October. 
and this is ooky spooky music for sexy little rock and roll people. Yes. So if that's how you identify, please go listen to our album. Our little freshman album. It's the we'll, very first we'll link one. in the show notes. Is it so. gonna be streaming everywhere? Mm-hmm. Yep. It'll be Sweet, on, I'll listen to it'll it. It'll even be on title. Unpack baby. my apartment. You said title? Okay, go uh, ahead. It'll be on title. <laughs> yeah, we'll, we'll put that in the show notes. But make sure you also stick around for the music. Uh, we want to thank you from the bottom of our hearts for listening. We hope you enjoyed the new episode. And if you did, leave us a, a review on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you hear a podcast. Uh, share the episode with a friend or an enemy. <laughs> and uh, make sure to check out our Patreon for early ad-free access and extra content. Stay tuned for the next episode and the music. We love you. Kisses from the homies. <laughs> Just a little bit of tongue. now have breaking news. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill I could be your alpha I could be your Romeo Tell them boys back up I ain't going nowhere I'm afraid that back up Put it on your story So all your friends see it Everyone can see it yeah. And we're going and going and going It's a good night Baby let it roll like the good time Smoking and pouring I'm focused on you can see it. everyone can see it. and I bet everyone's looking yeah didn't take long like eyes when I walked into you feeling like a red cup and we got the same thing probably like the same things didn't speak a word but you know what's up that connection is what you crave you paint on something to change fucked over a thousand times together we was the same but it's not the case right here right now the first sight shit is no joke yeah. I could be your alpha I could be your Romeo Tell them boys back up I ain't going nowhere I'm afraid that back up Put it on your story So all your friends see it Everyone can see it yeah. And we're going and going and going It's a good night Baby let it roll like the good time Smoking and pouring I'm focused on you yeah. You can see it Everyone can see it And I'm truthful right now Thinking I should do something right now Last saw you up, getting buck wild Yeah, I'm finna do something right now Bounce Tell the gang I'm out, call the lift up, lift you up I go to town, stay for a while They try to ball, I hold it down, I'm playing center But you the center of attention I know you get the message And the way I'm focused with lenses Custom made for me the metrics Show you fit right in the schedule And girl, you fit like Lululemon And yeah, Lost for words, tell me who's falling first, no mistakes Girl, you cross with me, what's got it work? And going and going and going, it's a good night Baby, let it roll like the good time Smoking and pouring, I'm focused on you, yeah You can see it, everyone can see it
Romeo, tell them boys back up. I ain't going nowhere. I'ma fight that back up. Put it on your story so all your friends see it. Everyone can see it. Yeah.